regular listener, why not check out our YouTube channel for more Arsenal and general football content. Over there, you can sign up to a Chronicles of Aguna membership, gain access to our exclusive members-only content, as well as our private Discord server. But above all, you'll be supporting me to bring you more content and continue what's been an amazing journey covering the Arsenal so far. Enjoy the show. It's the Chronicles of Aguna, the Arsenal podcast brought to you by 90 Min and we are live. You're listening to the Chronicles of Aguna, the Arsenal podcast. I'm Martin Tyler and you're listening to Harry Simeon. Hello, good afternoon and welcome back to another live edition of the Chronicles of Aguna, the Arsenal podcast brought to you by 90 Min. As ever, I'm your host, Harry Simi, and on this edition, we're going to be focusing on the report from Football.London that says Arsenal will allow Alexander Lacazette to leave the club this coming summer if... The price is right. So we're going to be discussing Alexander Lacazette. We'll be talking a little bit about his career at the Arsenal so far. We'll be talking about his recent form and whether or not uh, that would be the right move, whether or not Arsenal should be contemplating selling Alexander Lacazette in the summer or if we should be trying to keep hold of the Frenchman. I'll be getting your thoughts, your views and your comments from the live chat box as well. Um, And I'll be answering... um, any questions that you guys might have, not just on Alexander Lacazette, but on anything Arsenal or football related. Quick update for our members. There's a piece of members only content dropping uh, early this evening. So keep your eyes peeled for that. Recorded it yesterday. Thank you to those of you who um, who sent questions over. Uh, for those of you who have won books so far on our watch alongs, um, I've had a bit of an update. Those have been sent out, so you should be receiving those in the next four to five days. Apologies for the delay. Um, as I said, they're coming to you guys directly, um, not from the stock that I have here. They're coming in to you guys in a post, uh, which is why it's taken a little bit of time to get that order processed. Um, but anyway, let's get into it. Let's say a big hello, actually, first. Um feel like I should do that first because there's plenty of you joining us in the live chat. Big hello to Norwegian Guna, to Graham, to Junior Gunner, to Nithin, to Marble Halls TV, to Tofa, to Josh, to Syed, to Barry, um, to Sam. Hope you're all good. Um, let's talk about it then. Let's talk about the report first of all. And the report says that Arsenal would be willing to allow Alexander Lacazette to leave this summer. That report comes from Chris Wheatley at Football.London, who's usually very good. Um And, you know, this doesn't come as a massive surprise to me, if I'm honest. Um, You know, I've talked about it before. I've talked about the fact that with him, obviously, next year uh, entering into what would be the final year of his contract. So at the end of this season, uh, Alexander Lacazette will only have one more year remaining on his contract. So you can understand why there might be a desire from the club to try and earn some money. you know, and and bring him in because if the contract is running down, obviously that means his value is is constantly decreasing. Alexander Lacazette's age, and I don't mean that disrespectfully, are we going to, you know, are we, 
Would we be wise to offer him a long-term contract? I mean, we did it for Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang, but I just think when you compare the two throughout their Arsenal careers, as good a servant as Alexander Lacazette has been, as, as, as much of an impact as he's had in certain games, he's not produced with anywhere near the, the level of consistency. He's not scored anywhere near as many goals as, as Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang. And he's played a significant uh, amount of matches more than Aubameyang has as well. So, Aubameyang was just, for me, he'd, he'd played so well in the first couple of seasons with the club, two and a half seasons, whatever it was, that you kind of just had, you had to do it because if you didn't, you were A, losing your best player and B, you would have sent the wrong message, I think, at a time when Arsenal uh, are looking to steer back on track and, and get back competing up the top of the table and, and amongst Europe's elite, then you need to have your best players and it would have just showed, you know, for me that, you know, Arsenal were were only thinking about the cash and not necessarily the football inside. So I know there's been a lot of debate around whether giving Aubameyang that deal this season or in the summer was the right thing to do. And that's been off the back of some of his sort of up and down form. But the reality is that had Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang continued his rich and form, then nobody would even be talking about it. It would have felt like a no-brainer. Hindsight is a wonderful thing, but there are signs that we're starting to see our Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang uh, return to somewhere close to his best. And so it was a dip. And and, and in all honesty, it was, the first, um, it was the first dip that he's had probably in his Arsenal career. So um, I think we can forgive him for that. In terms of what the price is um, that Arsenal would be looking for for Alexander Lacazette, if I'm honest, I don't think there was one quoted. I'll just double check it. Um, but I think that would be, you know, I think as a journalist, you'd be very brave, um, you know, to to reveal or, or to, to try and guesstimate what Arsenal's exact price would be. And I'm just having a quick glance at the report again, just to make sure that I haven't missed it. But I'm, I'm pretty certain that there wasn't a... Uh, specific price named and and understandably so you know Alexander Lacazette 29 years old by the time his contract his current contract ends it'll probably be it'll be about to turn 31 you look at his Arsenal career to date and you know it doesn't make terrible reading but you know it's, it's 157 games 59 goals 28 assists so if you try and work out a bit of an average on the goals, you know, 157 uh, divided by 59. He averages a goal every 2.66 games. It's nearly one in three. You know, it's not amazing. It's not the kind of record that you look at and you go, well, that we can never replace that. And 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 so when you take that into consideration, when you take into consideration the fact that under Mikel Arteta, he's not always starting games. There seems to be this bit of rotation going on at the moment between he and Aubameyang for the centre-forward spot. And it seems to be um, partly due to fitness, but partly due to, to the opponent we're playing. Um, you know, so so that is obviously a factor as well. When you take into consideration that according to transfer market and I know transfer markets values can be a little bit off the mark but you're talking about a player valued around about 30 million pounds at the moment and you consider Arsenal's current financial status and the fact that the global pandemic has had a big impact on the club's finances to take 30 million for a player like Lacazette if it means that we can then continue uh, 
our rebuild, continue progressing, continue trying to fill in holes in other areas, then I think it actually probably would be a no-brainer. If Lacazette has two, three years left on his contract, it's a different story for me because I do like Alexander Lacazette and I'm going to come on to kind of tell you guys what I think that Lacazette brings to the team that maybe Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang doesn't. I think he brings a better understanding of the game. I think he brings up uh, he brings better link-up play to the table. I think he enjoys a better relationship with some of the players around him. I mean, on the pitch. I don't mean off the pitch. I mean, in terms of his understanding of what they're going to do, their understanding of where he's going to be. Um, you know, so I get all that. And yes, as a goal scorer, he's not been as prolific as Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang, but it's not been bad. As I said, it's about a goal every 2.66 games, which is by no means disastrous. But he... He tends to go through through streaks, Alexander Lacazette. You know, you might see him for three or four games hit the back of the net frequently and then you'll see him drop off for maybe seven, eight games without scoring a goal. And that's been a pretty common theme of, of Alexander Lacazette's Arsenal career. So when you look at those stats, it's interesting to look at the context of them as well. And the context is that he's a streaky player in terms of his goal scoring, Alexander Lacazette. That's what he is. And I don't think you can really afford to have that kind of player. We had Olivier Giroud who was like that in years gone by. And everybody always looks back on that period where he went. I can't even remember exactly how many games it was, but there was a long period, wasn't there, where, where Giroud didn't score a goal. And many people attribute us not winning the title in that particular season to that. So, you know, for me, I, I don't like strikers like that, right? It's not, I don't like is the wrong word. Strikers like that, you know, they they can be great through moments, but they can also leave you in the lurch for a little while. And when your team is, is struggling on the whole, you need your striker to be at the races. And you need to look at your striker and know that he can pop up with a goal and, and give you something, uh, a moment of inspiration, a moment of magic. And I don't think that, um, that, that Lacazette always does that. Effort-wise, 10 out of 10. Effort levels are... You know, you cannot question them. You know, he's always in the thick of things. He's always fighting for the ball. He's always working hard. He's always pressing people. He's always closing people down. He's always happy to, you know, commit a foul if it means that he prevents the, the opponent breaking away. Sometimes he does that too often for my liking. But my point is, you know, that that when it comes to, to Alexander Lacazette, I think he's a good striker. But I don't think he's irreplaceable. And I think in years gone by, we've allowed ourselves to get in a situation whereby we've lost the player who we could have got some money in for, who we could have cashed in on just slightly earlier and it wouldn't have had such a major impact on the team. Um, and in turn, we'd have had the finances to then go and do something more significant um, just after losing him. And I think that with Lacazette, as I say, good player, I like the guy, like his character, love what he represents, love that he, you know, really cares about the Arsenal. But for me, he's not irreplaceable. And if the right bid come in, I think Arsenal would be right to accept that. I really do. Let's have a look at what some of you guys are saying in the live chat as well. And apologies if I missed some of your comments because this chat's been updating. Um, 
constantly while I've been talking. So let's see uh, what you guys are saying. Uh, Sam, one of our members says, what's good, Harry? Hope you're okay, mate. I would be skeptical about letting Laka go. He's the only striker we have who's good at holding the ball up and bringing others into play. I agree with that, Sam. Um, I agree that he brings something to the table that none of our other strikers do. Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang prefers to run in behind, prefers to be able to drift out to the flanks um, and get involved in play that way. That's where he scores his most goals from. Alexander Lacazette is a little bit different. He can be a focal point and he is a focal point when he plays. Um, A bit of a spearhead, you know, receives the ball with his back to goal very well and he's able to bring others into the game. So Lacazette deserves praise for that. There's no doubt about it. I think if Lacazette was to go, though, it has to be with a view to bringing in someone else, right? We can't solely rely on Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang in that position. Eddie Nketiah, for me, jury's still out on him. Um, you know, let's talk about Balogun as well. Jury's still out on him as well because he's not done it at the top level yet. So I, I do think that if Arsenal were to cash in on Alexander Lacazette, it would be to go and bring someone in who's maybe a little bit more... Um, a little bit more suited to helping us in the future. Could it be that in Mikel Arteta's mind, Gabriel Martinelli is someone who could do that role? Someone who could play the all-action centre-forward who is clever in his link-up plays, quite robust, is quite um, sharp, is, is tenacious. Martinelli has all of those qualities. So I think Martinelli could do that role. And I wonder if the fact that, you know, Martinelli... In, in Arteta as he's seen as that player is maybe why he's not getting so many games on the left flank at the moment I don't know we know Martinelli himself at this moment prefers to play from the left but I could see him as an option as playing through the middle and it's down to the manager to persuade him to do that um, to give give it to the team and see if they um, see if it works out and if he can have a future there so uh, who knows but I agree with you that he uh, I agree with you, Sam, that Laka brings something to the table that not many others uh, in the Arsenal makeup at the moment do. Um, what else have we got here? Uh, Daru says, this summer will be brutal for transfer values. Teams will want to sell a lot of players, but there won't be that many buyers. Completely agree. You know, teams will be um, looking to cash in. Um, on players such as Lacazette, who their contract situations perhaps are still a little bit unclear, are coming towards the end. Um, you know, maybe you'll see, well, you will see clubs wanting to cash in on those guys. But as the roof points out rightly, you know, there may not be the appetite to buy that we've seen, um, you know, in years gone by due to the pandemic and due to the impact that's had. And the pandemic has had an impact. And I know a lot of people say, oh, but the Premier League teams, they still get a, a really healthy amount of TV money. I, I do agree with that. But I think the problem is that you then, you know, you look at the French League, you look at the Italian League, you look at the Spanish League where the TV money isn't as significant. And... um Obviously, still big sums of money, but isn't necessarily as significant as it may be in the Premier League. And if they can't buy, then that impacts the transfer market because the whole thing is interlinked. Um, you know, if, if a Spanish club, an Italian club and a German club are hamstrung by finances, then who's going to come in and pick up our player necessarily? So you've got to think about those things as well and the wider impact that this thing has had on the transfer market. Uh, Gary the Snail says we would be right to sell him. Um, but Bellerin and Nketiah uh, should be a priority in terms of freeing up money. Big up, Harry. Come on, you gunners. Interesting you mentioned Eddie Nketiah because there is also reports today uh, that 
the um, that West Ham are going to reignite their interest in Eddie Nketiah. Now, we understand that they were considering making a move for him in the summer, but were put off by Arsenal's price tag, which is said to be around about £30 million. Look, I... I you know, and people always point to the the example of Rian Brewster moving from Liverpool to Sheffield United and how much that cost them. I just, for me, I can't see a world in which someone pays thirty million pound for Eddie Nketiah based on what we've seen of him at Arsenal, especially at a time like this. I just, I, he's not at that level for me. Um, you know, he doesn't deserve the the viral abuse that he gets from some of our fans. He didn't deserve the criticism that was only thrown his way when it seemed like following Balogun was going to walk out the door uh, for free, which he still might do, by the way. But when that story was was the, the hot topic, that led to Eddie Nketiah getting a lot of stick, and I thought that was completely unfair and uncalled for. But I agree with Gary in that Nketiah is someone that we could sell to raise funds and I don't think would weaken the squad. You look at Hector Bayerin and and there were offers on the table for him last summer, and if people... Um, are surrounding him again this summer and we're looking at 25 to 30 million euro then I would take that um, and I would take for Lacazette I mean if you could get 25 for each for Lacazette and for Bellerin you're talking about 50 million added to your transfer kitty if you could squeeze 15 20 million out of someone for Eddie Nketiah because remember strikers traditionally carry a bit more weight in in terms of transfer fees don't they because obviously scoring goals is seen as a major major issue for a lot of the teams down in the bottom of the table and they're normally more willing to break the bank and push their financial boundaries a little bit further if it means that they're going to get somebody who can bring goals to their side so look if you could sell three players and raise 65 70 million pounds that could go a long way in this transfer market because we've talked about the impact on the market we've talked about the fact that prices are probably going to take a little bit of a beating a little bit of a hammering down and off the back of that, if you were to raise that sort of money, plus whatever it is the club already have in mind for transfers, then you could see Mikel Arteta make significant strides in the rebuild of this squad. So we've gonna, we're going to have to sell, right? We're going to have to sell. And I think Bellerin, Enketia and Lacazette are probably three players that you'd be looking at first in terms of trying to raise money. Um EGTV says, are you going to do another video FaceTime Ollie Watkins and Edouard? What do you mean, mate? I haven't FaceTimed them before. Um, I'm a little bit confused on that one. Uh, Topher says, replace Lacquer first, then sell. I don't want us relying on free youth and Ober to be the striker. We should get Edouard or a replacement to agree first, then sell. Yeah, and Odson Edouard is someone that Arsenal have been linked with. A number of clubs have been linked with him. He's got an outstanding goal record up in Scotland. I know it's the, the Scottish Premiership, and I don't mean that disrespectfully, but what I mean is that there's a massive dip in quality between the Scottish Premiership and the Premier League. And I think we have to consider that. There's no guarantee that Edouard will replicate that form in the English top flight, but there's no guarantee he won't either. And if the price is right, and you know we're hearing that he could be available for 15 to 20 million pounds this summer, then I, I see that as a no-brainer. You know, he's got all the attributes that I've talked about regarding Lacazette, his ability to hold up the ball, his ability to bring others into the game. He's got an incredible assist record as well. Odsene Eduardo, you know what, I'll just double check it. I know it's good because I was looking at it uh, for a piece I was writing the other day, but just to give you some more clarity, I'll give you the exact numbers um, on that. So 
you're talking about Odson Edwards since he joined Celtic, who obviously have had a disappointing season this season, but he still managed to score goals. He's got 81 goals in 160 games. So there's more than one in two. Um, and he's got 35 assists as well. So clearly a provider as well is Odson Edouard. And what he has maybe that Lacazette doesn't is a bit more pace. So he can run in behind, play on the shoulder if necessary. But he also has a, a greater physical presence. He's a good three or four inches taller um, than Alexander Lacazette. And that means when we do find ourselves in the situation where we're struggling to break people down and we're having to put crosses into the penalty area, Odson Edouard, you'd think, would give us a little bit more threat there as well. Equally, when you're looking to play the ball upfield from from deep, you know, you, you, you've got a bigger target man. That always helps as well. And it's very rare to find a big man who's got the the touch, who's got the quality as well and the pace. Um, and and Edouard is, is someone that I've, I've been keeping an eye on for a couple of seasons now. I really, really like him. So he's someone I'd consider as a replacement for sure. Uh, let's pick out a few more comments. Again, apologies if I miss some of them. The um, the chat is constantly updating. But Side says, Lacazette, very important for the way we play, but we also need better. If we're going to sell him, we need to replace him with a striker like his type, but much more strength and taller. There you go. Son Edouard, he's your man. Um, what else have we got here? Creambone says, what do you think is our priority in the transfer market this summer? It's difficult to say. Um I think we need to address that number 10 position on a more permanent basis, obviously, because, you know, Martin Erdegaard is someone who we've brought in on loan, but there's no guarantee that that deal will be extended um, or that we'll be able to get him on a permanent transfer. So I think that's probably the priority, the number one. But then I think we need to look at, you know, you know, I forgot about the left back here. I should have said the left back. We need another left back. Um, you know, but that and the number 10 position for me are the two things we need to address straight away um, and should be looking to address first. But again, you know, sometimes the market throws up opportunities that you didn't really necessarily expect. And that can lead to you doing deals, um, you know, that perhaps you, you know, weren't necessarily planning on. But, you know, they make sense. And so you do them and you move. And that's sometimes how the transfer window works. And that's how the transfer window works when you don't necessarily find yourself in a position where you can go and spend tons and tons of money. And I do expect that to be the case for Arsenal this season, especially if we don't qualify for the the Europa League or the Champions League next season. Don't discount the financial impact that that has as well. So on top of everything that's going on, to not have European football would would be a financial disaster as well. And, you know, you'd hope that the club will put their hands in their pockets. You'd hope that the Cronkies will be involved in, in something there, but expect that to be the first excuse that they wheel out uh, when we don't go and make major signings. Um, just while I remember, before I continue on through the chat, just a quick reminder, this podcast is sponsored by manscaped.com. So if your forbidden forest is in need of some tender, loving care, if you want your uh, your lawn to look as flush um, as the Emirates Stadium, then head over to manscaped.com. Enter our discount code, which is 90min20, and you'll get 20% off of your order as well as free shipping. Also, if you're interested in becoming a member of the podcast, as I said earlier on, uh, there'll be a members bit of content dropping early this evening. So if you're interested in becoming a member, getting access to that content as well as supporting me to bring you 
more content then uh, check out the link in the description and you can find the tiers available and decide if uh, any of those appeal to you uh let's continue on through the live chat uh, alex mccarthy says lacazette has never been the 20 goal striker we thought he would be time to move him on and bring in an improvement would happily take raul jimenez of course uh, the wolves man who's unfortunately been been absent due to an injury sustained in the game against Arsenal, actually, where he had that clash of heads, didn't he, with, uh, with David Luiz. Good to hear he's on the mend and that he could return this season um, because it looked really bad at the time. So delighted that he's on his way back. But yeah, Raul Jimenez is someone who's proved he can do it in the Premier League and he's done it at a, a less fancied side, if you like. Um, has a lot of the, the attributes that Lacazette does. Not all the same, but he is a, a good hold-up man. He's probably a lot more physical than Lacazette, a bit more of an aerial threat than Lacazette. Um, neither have particularly, you know, threatening pace. Um, but yeah, he's he's a decent option. But it, it all depends on pricing. You know, if someone comes in and offers £30 million for Lacazette, then happy days because then... I, I believe that £30 million will go a long way in this summer window in terms of bringing in a, a, a striker. And I think that puts us in a really good position. But there's no guarantee that that's, that just because that's what we rate Lacazette at, that we're going to get that offer. Or, or are we going to get that offer and it's going to be in a structured deal? You know, we, we don't really know. And talking about potentially where Lacazette could end up, you know, some of the places that have been talked about, Atletico Madrid, maybe... Monaco, Roma. Um, there are a number of clubs that he could end up at. Maybe he'd return to France. I don't know. But for me, it's, um, you know, you need to, you need to wait and see what's going to happen in the market because we don't know if we're going to get those prices. We don't know if those offers are going to come and we don't know what the structure of those offers will be and if that means that we can't then throw it all at someone else straight away and immediately. So we'll have to see. Let's see uh, what else uh, you guys are saying. Alfred says, here's an interesting one. If we sell Laka, would you take Kun Aguero from City? I would love Sergio Aguero at Arsenal, but I feel like Sergio Aguero is a little bit over the hill. Not because he's not a good footballer, not because he's not a great striker, just because physically I don't think he's quite there. He's had injury problems, fitness issues throughout the campaign. I know COVID's played a part in that as well. Um, but, you know, somebody like Sergio Aguero will be on absolute mega bucks at Manchester City right now. If he was to come to Arsenal, it would be on a short-term deal you'd imagine I also think that he's got his heart set on on going elsewhere going back abroad um you know Sergio Aguero's boy lives in Argentina which must be very difficult for him so I could imagine he probably wants to return there um and yeah for, for those reasons I, I don't think it would necessarily fit I don't think Sergio Aguero is in need of a a major payday which is what a short-term deal um in London would was would essentially be so um I would take him because I think he's a good player but I don't think it's the right fit you know and and as I say I keep saying it but because of the finances because of the the situation and because our recruitment over recent years has been so so bad Arsenal have to be careful now you know it's all good saying that we need to overhaul the squad and we need to bring in x amount of players but they need to be the right players because bringing in the wrong players is what's put us in this position in the first place. So we have to be 
smarter in the transfer market doesn't necessarily mean we have to spend more than we did in years gone by um you know it's not always about who throws the most money it's about making the smartest signings it's about bringing in players that are going to actually improve your team um and and for me that's the key that's the key to this transfer window uh what else have we got here um going to pick out a few more comments um just scrolling through uh Threet says i like edward but he plays in celtic their league isn't that competitive i'm not sure if he'll perform at arsenal yeah there's no guarantee i've, I've already sort of touched on that um you know i've already touched on that there's no guarantee there's no guarantee with any transfer but you know there's certainly no guarantee that someone playing in a, in a weaker league is going to be able to step it up but you know that that's been the case forever uh, junior gunner says alexander isak from sociedad wouldn't be a bad shout he's quick he's strong and he's a presence in the box although his release clause is 70 million euros yeah it is and you know often in spain there are these outrageous release clauses placed into contracts and i think it correct me if i'm wrong but i think there is something in spain whereby you have to insert a release clause um and a lot of the time th those release clauses are outrageous right so there'll be 200 250 million that a price that nobody in their right mind is ever going to pay but when it comes to um when it comes to a release clause like that 70 million euros I'm not suggesting Arsenal will pay that, but what I am suggesting is that given um, the impact on the, the Spanish clubs and the impact on, on clubs abroad, I think sometimes you may be able to tempt people into selling for below the release clause. And so that's a benchmark, but it's not a, a, a settled figure. So if I was interested in Alexander Isaac, and I've got to be honest, I don't know enough about him to, to say whether I would be or not. I wouldn't be going in with a 70 million euro offer, not the first offer. No way. And I don't think Arsenal can spend that for what it's worth on a striker. I really don't. I don't think Arsenal will spend that on any player this summer. I think you might be looking at that kind of figure as our overall spend. Um, but, you know, I'd, I'd go in in a situation like that and offer lower, you know, like everybody else does. And some people think that that leads to clubs taking an offence and then they then don't want to... Um, they don't want to deal with us off the back of that because they've been, you know, angered by our attempt to try and, and, and you know, or, or, or almost our, our insulting of them by going and making an offer like that, which they see as derisory. But at the end of the day, that's the way business works. And, you know, it's, it's only business. Uh, what else have we got in the live chat? Um, Christos, big hello to uh, Christos as well for joining us. Uh, recently became a member. Thank you so much. Really appreciate your support, man. Um, get over and follow his Instagram page. Hold on, let me tell you exactly how you can do that. Uh, get over and follow his Instagram page, which is Arsenal underscore daily underscore 49. So head over uh, to Instagram and give him a follow. Um, put some great Arsenal content on there uh, every day. So <coughs> bless me. Um, so yeah, head over uh, to his Instagram page, get involved um, and yeah, check it out. Uh, what He says, what would you say Lacazette's market value is? Market value, as I said, I'd be looking around about £30 million for Alexander Lacazette, but that doesn't mean if someone comes in with 26, 27, um, I'm going to say no. But the benchmark, the the starting figure that I as a 
if I were in charge of Arsenal Football Club, would be looking for for Alexander Lacazette is around about the £30 million mark. Uh, Transfermarket.co.uk say that that is his transfer value too, although I'd be wary of their ratings because I, I, we tend to use them a fair amount at work and sometimes you look at them, or, or in a previous job I was in, not so much now, uh, we used to use them as gospel and I, I used to feel a little bit uneasy with that because... The values are often way off the mark. Um, Scunny says, we definitely need a target man. The amount of crosses we put in the box, but constantly go to waste. Completely agree. And when I talked about Odson Edouard earlier, that's one of the reasons why I like him. Not because, look, he's not a Duncan Ferguson, but what he is, is is someone with that physical presence to, to be a threat in the air. And I just feel like lack of misses that a little bit um you know it's no fault of his own it's just not his game you know Bamiang's not a particularly potent goal threat when it comes uh to to head using his head as well um so you know it's not a dig at Alexander Lacazette but I do think that we need that in our locker especially when we face these teams who play with a low block and it feels as though Mikel Arteta's side are very capable of in those situations, creating spaces in the wide areas, but then once they do put crosses into the penalty area, who's who's there to convert them? Who's there even really to compete with a couple of physical centre halves? Um, more often than not, nobody, and and that's that's the key there, isn't it? Um, Alcarp says if we sell Lacquer, we should buy Calvert Lewin or Marcus Turam. I like Marcus Turam. Um, Calvert Lewin, I like too, but. Given you know the the financial muscle that Everton have been flexing over the last few years, I can't imagine them selling us to him for for anything reasonable. Um, you know, and they'll see us as rivals now, looking at their league position. Uh, Paul Murphy says a little bit off the topic, but we'll answer it anyway. Do you think Arsenal will win the EPL within the next ten seasons, with or without Arteta? No gas. I did some data analysis on Manchester United. And results of that is 11.27 seasons before United do. I think, Paul, that that things can change very quickly in football. So you look at Man United and how quickly they've gone from a Champions League contender to the second best team in the division. And that's happened based on the signing of Bruno Fernandes, right? Literally one signing, I believe, has been so key and so impactful in the way that they've stepped on. So you can make a couple of signings in a single summer, and that single summer can change the whole direction in which your team is travelling. Um, so I, I don't, I don't really, I, I get the analysis, and it, you know, I understand where you're coming from. I just feel like there's too many variables to to make that analysis and for it to be really accurate. Um, I, I like I said, I, I feel like you can go and have a great summer, and that in terms of what who you bring in, and that can, um, you know, be enough to to turn your fortunes around. Well, we've seen it in years gone by. You know, you looked at Liverpool. Who would have thought they were going to win the Premier League? And then they brought in Virgil Van Dijk, and then they brought in Allison, and bang! All of a sudden, from you know, being a side that were decent in the cup competitions, in particular the Champions League, competitive in that because they were able to get motivated and up for one-off nights. But then all of a sudden they brought in two players in the space of six months and consistency levels just shot through the roof. So I do think 
There are too many variables to make that assessment. I think Arsenal can win the Premier League in the next 10 seasons, but it's contingent on all those things I've just said. You know, Arsenal would need to be smart in the transfer market, would need to do the right business, and Mikel Arteta will need to continue to get them, or I say continue because he's done it in the last couple of weeks, but we need to continue to get the maximum out of the players that he already has at his disposal. Uh, what else have we got? Um, Josh Hunter says, um, who is your ideal striker replacement for Laka? Um, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I'd have to go away and think about this because if you're asking me about my ideal replacement, then I can have anyone in the world. But, you know, I'm I'm trying to not get carried away with all of that because... I don't know what we'll be able to spend. I don't know what people will be available for. It's a very difficult summer to predict. And so, you know, it's it's hard to, to give you a realistic, specific name. I keep mentioning Otson Edouard because I think he's someone that we should be looking at. Don't necessarily know if he's the answer. Don't necessarily know if he's the, the man that we should be going after. I just think that given what we've seen of him so far, given that he's probably going to be available for 15 to 20 million pounds, which nowadays it's not a major amount of money. You could probably get that for one of Guendouzi or Torreira if we move them on in the summer. I just feel like it seems like a smart option at the moment and a smart option that could prove to be a wonder stroke if it comes off. Uh, Ty, I don't know. I don't think it's the real tie, is it? Is it the real tie? Please stand up. I don't know. Um, he says, we need a central midfielder too. Xhaka and Partey will need to be rotated. Bring Torreira back. Um, let's see what else you guys are saying. Just going to pick out a few um, more comments. Big hello to Ini Inyang. And thank you so much for your very kind uh, super chat donation. Really, really appreciate that. Um it really does mean the world to me. He says, hey, Harry, great content. Thank you. He says, 30 million, even with one year left on his contract, that's a hard sell. Yeah, it, look, it's not going to be easy. That's And that's why I kind of said, like, if someone comes in and makes an offer close to that or in an, in that region, then I'll take it. But, you know, I think, as I say, because he's a striker, with a striker, you can probably push that boundary a little bit more. Um, so, yeah. I would um I would still be aiming for that figure, but I get what you mean. It's not it's not an easy figure to acquire necessarily. Um that noob says, watching you from the USA whilst driving to work. Love your shows. Uh please would love to be a member. Thank you so much. If you'd love to be a member, click the link in the description when you stop driving, obviously. Don't want you to have an accident. Um but I think you can you can do it on any smartphone and from a PC. You cannot do it from an iPad, I'm led to believe. Uh, but if you click the link in the description, that will take you to our membership page. And I'd love to have you sign up. It would really mean the world to me. And if you sign up, of course, you get access to our Discord server. That's one of the benefits uh, where we have some great um, conversations. And I keep you guys updated on what's to come on the show. You also get to send questions that go into our members uh, content as well. So, yeah, get involved. We'd love to have you. Uh, what else have we got here? Um Let's pick out just a couple more. Uh, Chris Castell says, he's talking about the, the Spanish release clauses. Uh, Talawa Shaw says, how about Costas Mitroglu? Bloody hell. That is a, that is a name that, um, that always puts a smile on my face. He's currently playing for Aris in Greece. Um, spent some time 
traveling all around Europe, really. Um, made his name at Olympiagos, went on to play for Fulham for a bit, went to Benfica, spent some time at Marseille, Galatasaray, PSV Eindhoven for a bit. Um, and now he is back in Greece, but scored a few goals against us over the years. Um, just trying to see if I can find that stat to hand really quickly. Um, probably can't, but I'll try because it's an interesting one. Uh, he's a player. Yeah, two goals against Arsenal. Um, yeah, two goals against Arsenal. He's played Arsenal twice, scored two goals against us and um, and beaten us twice. So, yeah. <laughs> um, bit of a Greek legend he is. Uh, what? are we gonna go to next let's pick up a couple more and apologies if i miss some of them again it, it, it updates constantly and i'm having to play catch up graham says if we don't win the europa and finish where we are now will there be any money for transfers i look there won't be as much money for transfers let's let's be honest about it let's be clear and upfront about it but there will be some money um you know i think part of the reason that they did what they did by ultimately moving some of that dead wood out in January because let's let's be honest you know to have moved Mesut Ozil on to have moved Godran Mustafi on to have moved Socrates on when they were still all under contract Arsenal would have paid some money to terminate those contracts so Arsenal may have saved something on what the overall cost was going to be of paying them between now and when their contracts did officially expire. But Arsenal would have forked out money to do that. So for Arsenal to to fork that money out, it's because they're restructuring in other ways. Um, it's because they are uh, trying to find ways of taking people off the wage bill so that they can then restructure some finance, maybe restructure some debt. We've seen them do that quite smartly on a couple of occasions in recent years uh, to raise additional funds. So I do think that there will be some money. But Graham, what you're saying is, you know, you're obviously concerned about the impact of not qualifying for Europe and not not finishing in a decent league position. What will that have on the transfers? And you're right to have that concern because, as I say, no European football will have an impact, a negative impact on Arsenal's transfer budget. There's no doubt about that whatsoever um games fc says before we even get our hopes up we need to get rid of this manager it's so harsh so harsh um Mikel arteta's recruitment for the most part you know barring one or two anomalies has been really good and so i think that's harsh and and i do honestly like people call me mad you can call me mad all you like you know people called me mad when i said that unai emery wasn't the man to take arsenal forward as well and look what happened there um sometimes when you're and I, I don't mean this to sound like like a bit of an arsehole, but when you're working in the game, when you and, and I'm very lucky that in the last what two years where I've been working on football full time, um, you know, I don't claim to to know this person or know that person. I don't, you know, I'm not pretending I'm in the know. Um, but what I will say is, when you do this all day every day, you get vibes of stuff. And you get vibes from talking to journalists, from talking to people that do work in the club, but are not, you know, they're not, I'm not saying they're giving me information, but you're in communication with people. Um, you know, you're, you're talking to people, you're listening to people, you're reading things. And when that is all your day is, and, and you're not doing anything else, essentially, because your focus is on that, then you do, um, you do get vibes for stuff, you do get feelings for stuff. And 
I had a feeling that Unai Emery was was not the right man for a number of reasons, which I won't go into again. But I have a feeling that Mikel Arteta is the right man. And people will say, well, it can't just be based on a feeling. No, it's not based solely on that, but that's part of it. You know, it's part of it. And um, I, I don't think that Mikel Arteta is the issue at Arsenal. I really don't. And I, I don't understand why fans want to want to give him so much shit. You know, I, I like I don't I don't get why right now as an Arsenal fan you would want to be singing Mit- Mikel Arteta out from the hilltops when he's not going anywhere and and all you're doing is is bringing a a negativity when we're going for a project that needs positivity. It's it's, it's basically what it is and and people used to accuse me of doing this with Unai Emery and I didn't. It wasn't what I was doing at all. Um it was based on my genuine opinion but what a lot of people want to do is they want to have a go at Mikel now. So much so that when he gets sacked, they can go, I told you so. And I was the first person to say it. I was one of the first people to turn on him. Because people seem to need that validation um, for their opinions and for their views. And I've, I've never understood that. We're all football fans. We're all Arsenal fans. We all want the same thing. We all want Arsenal to be the best that they can be. And this constant need for validation of your opinions or to be seen as someone who is intellectually ahead when it comes to football is is a madness like it, it you can be knowledgeable about football you can be smart you can love the game as much as anybody else in the world but still make a mistake still get something wrong where you show if you, if you're a man or not is when you put your hands up and you say yeah I did get it wrong um you know, and 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 that's where you tell uh, who the good ones are and who the bad ones are. The ones that have an opinion but will never change it, no matter what. They're the ones you got to watch out for. The ones that have a strong opinion but are open to argument, open to discussion, and will change their opinion if they feel that's the right thing. That's the people you should be listening to. And and the whole get rid of Mikel Arteta thing right now is just not helpful. It's really not helpful. Uh, Osman Ali says, Harry, the striker we should be targeting, pun intended, is Roman Yeremchuk. Tom from Gunatalk TV wrote an article where I saw his name, YouTubed him, and he reminds me of a lesser Lewandowski. Interesting. I'll have a look at that. Um, check out Tom's work as well, uh, because it's really, really good. Uh, what else have we got here? Uh, some of you suggested Moise Keane. Um... That's an interesting one. Didn't really do it at Everton, but is 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 working out quite well abroad. He's been highly talked about again. Um, Talal Ashore says, random question, but what is your favourite name in football? Diego Maradona. It's just such a great name. It's like the perfect superstar footballer name. Uh, as uh, Christo says, make sure you like and subscribe. It costs nothing. It's absolutely right. In fact... Now's as good a time as any to check in how we're doing on our likes. Oops. Bloody pressed the wrong button there. Didn't mean to do that. How have I done that? Uh, there we go. Mute. Um, don't want to click it and get any feedback. There we go. 231 watching on YouTube right now, but only 61 likes. 65 now. Guys, let's get up to 100 at least. 100 is the bare minimum. We should be doing 150, but um, I'll take 100. So, uh, yeah, let's get 100. Uh, how do I bloody do that? What have I done here? Uh, 
for someone who, who, who uses YouTube every single day, I'm not very clued up on it, I've got to say. Um, Giovanni Bergantino says, Ivan Tony's a good shout. Yeah, he's having a great season. Um, and uh, yeah, looks a, looks a very decent player. Another one of Brentford's gems. Uh, what else? Uh, Nicholas Room says, I believe the richest man in Africa will come in and change everything. Talking about Dangote. Um, uh, I wouldn't buy into that too much at the moment. Look, I'd love a multi-billionaire to come in who's got the attitude of um, of Roman Abramovich in the sense that he only wants to spend money and he only wants success. But this Dangote Giza has been talking about buying Arsenal for years and years, but he's never done anything. He's never moved to make that interest into anything more than just talk. Stan Kroenke's a businessman. That's what he is, right? And for all the stick you give him, or that anyone gives him, he, he is a, a good businessman. Maybe not a good sportsman, maybe not a good owner of a sports club, but in terms of business and finance, he knows what he's doing. And if the, if an offer come in that was, you know, wow, this is an offer that, that has opened my eyes. You know, if he was to get an offer, come across his desk that really looked serious i'm i'm you know i think he'd consider it at the very least consider it and this dangote fella just keeps talking about arsenal and keeps talking about how much he wants to buy the club and and this and that but he doesn't actually make any moves so until he does that let's not let's not get excited about that um gonna pick out a couple more just because i'm running out of time um i've got a um got somewhere i've got to be at one o'clock but let's let's get a couple more um in uh lots of you agreeing with my comments on um on Mikel arteta um let's see um going back to the arteta stuff uh, ras says harry the only thought i have with Mikel is his man management case in point instead of Oba, should have bought on martinelli and let it be a coaching moment to him but we don't know what the deal is with Martinelli. Like we don't like everybody's like, I, I don't get it. We we went to Leicester City, who nobody fancied us to beat. We come away from there with a a really impressive win, by the way, a win in which the only goal we conceded was was of our own making. I thought Arsenal were really really good um, the other day, really good, maybe as good as we've been all season, and yet people want to talk about the decision to bring Aubameyang on instead of Gabriel Martinelli and I, you know on the one hand you got Gabriel Martinelli saying I want to play as a, a left winger and then you've taken off Alexander Lacazette who's been playing as a centre forward and brought on Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang who actually does want to play as a centre forward and people are complaining about it I, I, I just don't get it it's like it, it, it takes me back to the game against Benfica the second leg the other night and those of you who were with me on the watch along will remember this. I had an absolute rant when when Willian came on because of people moaning about him coming on, not because he was brought on. Because my argument was if we get the result, if if this change works out, then you can't look at the manager and point fingers at him. You know, you you can't. You you have to just accept that he's he's got it right on that day. And I think that in the case of, of Gabriel Martinelli, you can't please anybody because if you bring him on, some would say, 
Well, we scored our third goal at a good time and we, we had loads of time to bring him on and we didn't do it till the last however many minutes. Why did he only give him X amount of minutes? And then if you don't bring him on, it's, oh, well, you know, he didn't bring him on. So I, I'm not sure, Ras. I, I feel like it's harsh. I feel like Martinelli is purely a fitness thing. I don't know if anybody's seen that video. I know Xander shared it in the Discord server uh, for those of you that are members of the channel. Um, a really interesting insight into Martinelli's injury and it probably makes you a little bit more understanding of why there is a need to be careful with him um, even at this stage what else have we got here um, going back to the Dangote comments um, Chris agrees with me he says personally I don't want anyone who's only talk especially someone who's talking for 10 years or so and done nothing exactly he's done nothing he's not made any offer Um He's not um, He's not interested enough. If he was, he'd have made a bid. That's how I see it. That's how I see it. But yeah, we're going to leave it there. We're going to leave it there. Um, quick reminder, hit the like button if you haven't already. Let's get up to 100 likes at least. Subscribe to the channel if you're new. This show is sponsored by manscaped.com. Head over, check out their products. If you want to make an order, check out um, our discount code, which is 19min20. You get 20% off as well as free shipping on your order. I already had a few messages from some of you saying you've taken up that offer. So if, look, jokes aside, if it is something that you're interested in, then you're better off using the offer. Up until now, I know that I've got that promo code until the end of the week, I think it is. I think it's Monday next week is the last day. Um, I'll have to check it. It's the 8th, whatever day that is. So the current deal that we've got with Manscaped, yeah, it, it expires on, on March the 8th. So if you do want to take up the offer, um, and there's no obligation to do so, you know, it doesn't make a difference to me, uh, but it is there and you can get 20% off and it is um, it is uh, it is worth uh, taking up. Uh, Jashar says, did you see my super chat? I must have missed that, mate, because it scrolled up. Let me go back. Hold on. I'll find it. One second, mate. I hate missing super chats. That's why I'm like, uneasy about them. Uh, there it is. Jashar. Harry, I think we should keep the homegrown players, but I think we could get 20 to 25 million for Bellerin, 15 to 20 for Torreira, 20 for Ganduzi, and 5 for El Nenny. So you'd be, let's say in the worst case there, if you got 20, 15... 20 again, you're looking at 55, and then El Nini, you're looking at about 60 million pounds. Um, yeah, I, I think that's what we could be looking to raise. I've got to be honest. Um, I think that's what we got to be looking to raise um, in terms of our outgoings. That's the only way we're going to be able to um, to make this summer a significant one is by raising money on, on, on such players. So, Jashar... Great points, mate. And uh, apologies, I missed that the first time around. As I say, uh, the chat is is forever updating and I, I'm looking at the screen and I'm looking over there and sometimes I do miss them. So feel free, like Jashar's done. If you do put a super chat in and I don't read it out, it's not because I've done it on purpose. It's because I've genuinely missed it. I always try and read them out. So if I do miss them, feel free to pull me up on it in the chat. It's not a problem at all. Um, Jashar, thank you, mate. Thank you for that. Really appreciate it. Right, going to leave it there. Um, I'll see you guys very, very soon. Until next time, take care. All the best.
You're listening to the Chronicles of Aguna, the Arsenal podcast. I'm Martin Tyler, and you're listening to Harry Simeon.